and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And it's another show. We're continuing our two-part special into the Reserve Bank's most recent announcements. This time, we're looking at the impact on house prices. Now, what are the latest forecasts out from the Reserve Bank? Let's start with how far they think house prices are going to fall. So in the previous monetary policy statement, which came out about three months ago, they were predicting a peak to trough dip, so from the top of the market to the bottom of the market, of about 15.25%. Now, they've increased that by about 3.6 percentage points. They're looking at a total of just under 19%, 18.9% peak to trough. Now, I tell you what, Andrew, it's interesting, after yesterday's episode where we talked about the interest rates, what surprised me that there wasn't more of a change. Yeah, well, I guess the big thing is the interest rates now are significantly higher than what they were 12 months ago. And so the major effect of the rising interest rates probably already happened. Well, it's interesting you should say that because it was probably going to add on an extra, oh, call it about 1.25 percentage points on top of the OCR. And as we mentioned in yesterday's episode, we've already had about four percentage points increase. So most of the change has already happened. We're quite mature through our tightening cycle. And that'll be why, even though it sounds quite scary, go, oh my God, we're going to go from a peak of, say, an OCR of 4.25 to perhaps up to 5.5%. That's why we don't see a dip from, they were already predicting 15% from peak down to the trough. That's why you don't see that increase all the way to, say, 25% from peak to trough. And it's interesting as well, when we talk about when they think house prices will bottom out, about six months ago, I think it must have been May or June monetary policy statement, they initially said that the market was going to bottom out in March 2024. Three months later, i.e. three months ago, they pulled that forward to September 2023, and now they've pushed it back to March 2024. And we'll talk about how and whether we've updated our projections in a moment, but it's interesting that they see the market bottoming out a little bit later than what they were thinking just three months ago. And in fact, I've got a clip from the press conference that I want to play you. What are the risks to the housing market with these outsized rate hikes? Your forecasts don't show much of a deterioration in house prices despite today's changes in interest rate projections. Yeah, we have a, I think, our, our guesstimate, and I put it up there because uh, we remind the audience we don't target house prices. Um, our guesstimate, based on what we're seeing, is that house prices would uh, have fallen 20% from their peak in November yep. Yep. to their trough in... Uh, trough is... Uh, mid-next mid mid year, year would be the trough yeah. the, the twenty the, for the full 20%. And uh, I think we're 11% down, Rebecca. Sorry, we are I'm really bringing the audience today. 11.4% down. Some so from the peak accuracy. Of that 20, we're slightly over halfway on that journey of house prices. Yeah, it's interesting because they actually got the numbers slightly yeah, wrong. Yeah, I'm just noticing that. When, when you, when, just slight, I mean, to be fair, they possibly don't have the data. Sometimes they talk about monthly compared to quarterly. But if you download the data that they release, which is the quarterly data, it currently shows, and I think you're going to go into this, Andrew, some slightly different numbers. And, you know, they said peak to trough of 20%. Well, based on the numbers they put out in the monetary policy statement, it's actually 18.9% rounded up to 19, maybe they're rounding up to 20, but there is some slight discrepancies. But the key thing that I wanted to put across there is two things. First of all, as the journalist pointed out at the start of that question, the deterioration, if we can call it, but the change from their forecast three months ago to the forecast 
that was most recently released. The change is not that great compared to, you know, seemingly the quite large increase in interest rates, depending on how you look at it. The second thing to point out is, of course, it is very much a guesstimate. And even when you hear them, obviously, while they can put out quite a precise looking graph in terms of where they think house prices are going to go. Of course, this is a technical projection and not something we should necessarily make our property investment decisions strictly on, given that nobody's got a perfect crystal ball, including us or Tony Alexander or CoreLogic or the Reserve Bank or QV, and that we've got to invest based on our best guesstimates as well. Now, Andrew, what are some of the good things of the report? And specifically, let's talk about how far through the housing market downturn, we are based on the data they released rather than what they just said in that clip. Okay, so let Ed be the bearer of bad news and cover all the bad things. But at the moment, we are about two-thirds of the way through that 18 19% drop that they're forecasting. And again, no one's got a crystal ball, but we're the bulk of the way through. How much have we declined? 12% already. Yeah, it's about 12.5%. I know they said 11% in that clip, but it depends whether you think we're in September or December. And then, of course, the... Fastest house price declines have already happened. So we're seeing a slower rate of house declines. And just to clarify what we mean by that is when we model out the Reserve Bank's quarter-on-quarter forecasts about how a house price is going to change, it looked like we had the largest falls in September this year, the September quarter. So kind of middle of the year, July, August, September, is where we saw the largest decreases in house prices, just over 4% in that quarter. And now, based on the Reserve Bank's forecast, we are still expected to see falling house prices, and that's pretty consistent with what we talked about on Monday. But it's going to be at a slower and slower rate. And actually, that was similar to the data that we talked about last Monday from the Real Estate Institute, which showed that house price momentum is improving. And again, we're not saying there isn't going to be some further drops, just that those drops are going to be at a much slower rate and then probably levelling out. Yeah, and one thing that I should just say as well, when it comes to when the bottom of the market's going to come, and this is a really nerdy but very, very important point for all of you who, despite what we say, is, which is you can't time the market perfectly. I know you all try to anyway, so we will talk about it. You've got to remember that the Reserve Bank's data is going to show the bottom of the market later than what some other data sources are going to show. And the reason is that the Reserve Bank uses CoreLogic house price index data when making their forecast. They use it when you look at what's happened historically, and then they broadly model their house price forecast off it. Now, CoreLogic is a very good data set, not saying anything bad about them. Nick from CoreLogic listens to the show. We like him. We buy data off him. But having said that, the CoreLogic index is not as responsive as the Rhine's house price index, because that is a monthly data set as opposed to a quarterly data set. Now, of course, CoreLogic still releases their data every month, but it is the average over the prior three months. Now, what is the positive side of that? Well, if you look at the CoreLogic house price index, it is going to be more stable than the Rhine's index. So once we start to see a pattern there, you can have quite a lot of confidence in it because it is an average over the prior three months compare that to the Rhine's index, you are going to see that turn much more quickly. So that data set will show us the peak and the bottom of the market much more quickly than the CoreLogic data set, but we're not going to have as much confidence in the trend. 
So when we are looking at, well, how are house prices moving? Where's the momentum going right now? I'm looking at the Rhine's data because that's going to show us those month-to-month variations much more quickly than the core logic one. We just can't be as confident in it because that index is going to jump around a little bit more. So that's why you will see, and we're going to get to this, there are times where I'm saying, hey, we're going to see the bottom of the market and that is going to happen in, for example, winter next year and where you might see the Reserve Bank saying, no, mate, it's going to happen in another four to six months' time. Well, it's just because we're using slightly different data and the data I'm using is going to reflect that bottom of the market more quickly and I have a little bit more confidence in that to show us, well, where is the actual bottom of the market? Now, just before I get into some of the bad things, hey, I realise, Andrew, that was quite nerdy, but it's very important. and that's, Some people will enjoy it. Well, it's the reason why you might see me jumping up and down saying we've hit the bottom of the market at some point and then you're going to read a headline from somebody else the next drops. saying the housing market is still falling while well, we're just using different data. And I would argue that the Ryan's data is probably the one you want to look at right now, if I can say that with respect to the other data providers out there. One thing just before I get into the bad things is we've been nominated for the New Zealand Podcast Awards, what? Andrew. Yeah, so we've been nominated for the Top Business Podcast, and currently the Listed Choice Award is out there as well. So for everybody who enjoys the show, if you want to help us win that Listed Choice, big way to help us out, just Google New Zealand Podcast Awards, and if you could go there and nominate us for the Listed Choice, I'll put the link down in the show notes as well, but if you want to Google it, just do that as well, and make sure you nominate us if you like us. I really wish we'd put that in there without a part that made the listeners fall asleep. Let's get into the bad things. There are two seemingly bad things that came out within that monetary policy press statement as well. The first thing is that the Reserve Bank has started to forecast a recession, and you've all read about it in Stuff in the Herald, as of about March to September 2023. Now, how deep is this recession expected to be? Very, very small, about 1% in total. And I want to put it to you in this way. If you took a 1% pay cut, how would it impact your lifestyle? Let's say that you earn $75,000 a year, so after tax you take home, let's call it $55,000. So that's roughly, let's call it just over 1000 bucks a week. So if you're taking home 1000 bucks a week in the hand and you get a 1% pay decrease, you're down $10 a week. How's that $10 a week going to affect you? Well, for some people, yep, you might have to stop drinking an extra coffee or two. Maybe that $10 a week will impact some people. But for most people... A 1% pay cut would not be the end of the world for us. Now, that's the way I want you to apply it to the economy as well. A 1% decrease in the nation's real output is not huge. There will be some pain, but that pain would be concentrated against only a couple of households, only a couple of individual businesses. Most people will be okay and continue as normal. Our confidence will probably get hit a bit and we'll probably think, oh, maybe I will think twice before I go out and make a large purchasing decision. You'll probably see a bit of that, our confidence get knocked, but for most people, 1% decrease, very, very manageable, isn't going to be the same as what we will have seen in some other much more sharp and deep downturns. So when I talk about people rethinking their spending decisions, I'm talking about spas, cars, some of those more aspirational or luxury purchases. That's where I'm talking about people just rethink before making some of those decisions. But what I also want to say is that if you look at a total of a 1% drop in our nation's output of the stuff that gets produced, it's still within the margins of errors in terms of how GDP is calculated. So we may not see a recession at all because we're talking about 
very, very small numbers. We might see a drop in GDP in one quarter and then an increase in the next quarter. Bear in mind, a recession is just defined as two quarters where GDP went backwards in a row. And so we can have a technical recession with some people not really feeling it all that much. And I do want to play you this clip from that Reserve Bank press conference just about, well, how prepared is New Zealand for that kind of shallow dip recession? For New Zealand, I, I would say we are in a relatively <laughs> strong position, that is globally and in a business cycle, and we should never forget that. We have uh, very sound and strong financial systems. We have uh, the employment levels at record highs. We have household balance sheets in a strong position. Even with the recent decline in house prices, they are still well ahead of pre-COVID levels. Um, so we are in a very strong starting position. But demand is still running faster than what our economy can supply, so that level of activity has to slow. It will be, still be at a strong high level of economic activity in New Zealand. It just can't keep growing at the growth rates we have seen recently. And that's why we're going to see the slowdown, potentially a dip into a negative, as we get our supply and demand back in kilter with each other. And that's what we really talked about in yesterday's episode. The second bad thing is what I kind of mentioned before, which is they have pushed out where they expect prices to bottom out. Now, does this impact our view of the house price forecast we shared at our most recent webinar? It does a wee bit. So we initially said that we would likely see a bottoming out of the market around about March next year, March 2023. We are pushing that out to about June 2023. But of course, take our guesstimate, the Reserve Bank's guesstimate, Treasury's guesstimate, and of course everybody else's guesstimate with a bit of a grain of salt. The main thing I think for property investors is to be investing in the trough territory. Look, if you're going to invest in March anyway, and the difference between March and June is 0.2 of a percent down, in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about a very, very small difference. And in the trough territory, where you're basically within cooey of the trough, that's what we call it, it then becomes more about the deal and the property that you specifically are buying as opposed to what's going to happen with the market. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you're thinking about investing in 2023, it might be the right time for you to come in for that portfolio planning session. Easy way to sign up for that. Whip out your phone, send us a text. Text the word plan to 5522. We'll give you a buzz. See if it's the right fit. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Richard Echo. I'm going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most of using the property market. Until next time. <laughs>